0: Hello, Denver United, and welcome to our podcast series called Awakening to start the year 2021. It is our custom here at Denver United to begin the year with 21 days of prayer, fasting, and personal consecration, a sort of renewal time to reset, recalibrate the instrument of our soul, strip away clutter, refocus on what's most important, prioritize our life, and put seeking God and finding him foremost on that priority list. And so this year, to accompany our Awakening Sermon series and our awakening prayer meetings, which are happening each day, and we'll talk about those, uh, we are hosting or introducing the awakening podcast series. And this is kind of along the lines of, or in, in the spirit of keeping it real, breaking it down, talking about what does that really mean? Okay. So you're going to hear us talking about it in church and we'll be praying together. That's when we actually do it. But this is, okay. Uh, how does this really work? What, what are we talking about? What is this, why would I want to do it? Um, prayer, fasting in particular, uh, as, a, as a discipline. You mentioned, Rob, it was a means to an end. Unpack that for me. So think of this as a conversation, like maybe um, put down your notebook and not that you're listening with a notebook, and put a leash on the dog, and get a cup of coffee, and, and walk around the block or the park nearest you, and let's just let's just um, talk about it a little bit together. So, joining me today is Pastor Mari Brendel, my bride, best friend, and co-laborer in the ministry of the church. Uh, Mari is one of the most um, passionate and committed uh, prayer prayers prayer is there another word than prayer warriors uh, that that seems somewhat um I picture you like with an applied suit of the um, the full armor of God in a graphic when I call you a prayer warrior, but uh, prayer people, and Mari's prayer life is probably as attributable um, for this church and, and my life as it is as anything I know. Mari, thanks for joining us.
1: Okay, that, that was a, a bit of a buildup that I don't think I'm going to be able to... To live up to now, <laughs> you're a prayer warrior. S. No. <laughs> Thank you. Yep.
0: Thank Think you. Think about I'm you, shod with the shoes of peace and the sword of the Spirit. I, yeah. I see it.
1: <laughs> we got to right. make this practical approval. people. They're not gonna. Connect.
0: Oh, that's very practical. Yes. Like my imagination <laughs> is practically going. Thinking about. Uh, okay. Here we go. So, um, Mari, prayer, fasting, and personal consecration. That's what awakening is about. We began the church in our basement 12 years ago, and we began it with awakening, the idea of, of becoming anew, this deeply rooted in the gospel that we get to reinvent ourselves because Jesus is constantly making us new. So we can jump in the river for the first time or for the first time in too long, and he meets us right there.
1: hmm well, you know, I think um, when you think about fasting, it, it really seems like such a spiritual practice that seems kind of unattainable or far removed out there, you know, for the really, really, really spiritual type. And honestly, um, it the reason like if you were to ask me right now, like why, like why should we fast? You know, kind of looking back on that in the Hold course. On for a second. Wait, hey, Mari. Yes. I- I'm thinking that. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. No, I think if you were like to think about like, why do we even do this? You know, isn't that, you know, it's in the Bible. We see people, like we see David talk about it. We see uh, people like Esther, Giants of the Faith who talk about fasting. But before we talk about like what it is, like why would we even do it? Because it just kind of can seem archaic when you kind of think about the concept, but Honestly, the reason that I fast is because I am faced with such a, a true reality that I am so unspiritual. And so, right. you know, it, it is a spiritual practice. And, but the reason that, that I've chosen to do it in my life is because I've, I know how unspiritual I am, that my spirit and my soul are disconnected from each other.
0: Okay, so let me pause and jump in there. We've talked um, many times over the years about how we as humans are a, a complex threefold being. We are a spirit made in God's image to live eternally with him. We have a soul, our mind, our, our volition, our will, and our emotions uh, that, that con- give contour and, and color to our being. And we live temporarily in a body but our experience on earth kind of takes that threefold being and inverts it in terms of our experience of of immediacy and significance. So we feel like we are this body Mm -hmm. and the the enemy um, capitalizes on that, the flesh, as you talked about yesterday in service, and kind of makes us feel like it's in charge. The scriptures teach that we uh, are are slaves to our sinful nature until we're made new in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so In Christ, we're a new creation. We don't stop having a body. We don't Mm -hmm. instantly become spirit and and morph into the force or go to heaven. Uh, And so then there's this war, in Mm -hmm. in a sense, that characterizes our time on earth. And that's where I hear you going, between the, the, the spirit us... And the flesh us, which desires things that as Scripture teaches are contrary to the Spirit. So, how does fasting play into that?
1: Yeah, well, I think you see an example of it in in the Old Testament and New. The Old Testament, you hear David talk about it um, when you know David wrote all the Psalms. He's the one that's after God's own heart. That we aspire to live like the Psalmist, right? But he also says a lot of things about his sinful nature all throughout the Psalms. He talks about um, just things that he struggled with from his anger at God, anger at himself, um, being really down and depressed. And in in, um, um, the Psalms, it says, why so downcast, O my soul, put your hope in God. And he he talks later about chastening his soul, which means to discipline your soul, um, purify your soul. And so I think that, you know, David saw this dynamic between walking with God, being inspired by his spirit. Uh, we live in the new side of the covenant where we're filled with the spirit, but then we struggle with the reality of our flesh that limits us from the truth of our spirit. And so... Um, So I think what fasting does is it helps kind of tell our soul that it's not the boss of us.
0: Yes. You remember when our kids were little, they would go... uh, You used that phrase in writing about fasting. It reminded me that they they would constantly assert their their self and their identity by saying to their older siblings, you're not the boss of me. Right. And I think that there is a common misunderstanding that you've just hit on that I want to tease out and clarify, Mm -hmm. that um, the goal of Christian... um, consecration. Is denying our flesh to the extent that we deny that it exists or that okay. it has function, that it's real or valuable or good. God made our bodies too. Mm-hmm. So we're not trying to mortify our flesh in the sense that um, it doesn't have a place. We're just trying to say it doesn't have first place. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that's so sensory, so immediate and comes at us so fast and stimulates us in so many directions right. that it constantly sends the message that our flesh, our, our bodily mm-hmm. being is in charge. And so I like that this mm-hmm. idea of you're not the boss of me—it's putting right. our flesh and our soul and our spirit in right order or in right alignment.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it, it and it plays out in very practical things like just plain old old-fashioned sin struggles that every single one of us have—the battle to overcome um, the things that wage against us and the kingdom of God in us. But then it can be simple things too, like even just like not desiring God. Like one of the main reasons that I, that I love to fast is, is to help my soul want God more because we live in such a distracted world with so many things that fill our appetites from what we see, what we do, the food that we eat. And we have so much available to us that we don't even really know a lot of discomfort in this life as far as the pleasures of this world. Like we right. have
0: we don't stay hungry very yeah, long.
1: We don't. We have the shows, our binge shows that we go to. We have our favorite foods that we eat. We have our coffee in the morning. We have our all of these pleasures that we may, you yeah, know, we have friends at our to, fingertips. Yeah to,
0: to find out what they're doing and feel not alone with social media. Yeah,
1: if you're feeling down, like David said, Why well, so downcast on my soul? We turn to like 18 different things that are right here at our disposal because we live in America. We okay. have these. Things that we that, that that fill us.
0: We have the <laughs> things. So, how does fasting do that for you? That that make I'm curious about that. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm curious about that. How does fasting stimulate your hunger for God by um, mm-hmm. by way of addressing those other appetites?
1: Yeah, it just basically denies myself when I am desiring something that is filling me. It's typically not leaving room for much else you know if we're if we're being filled on a constant basis by things that make us feel good it can be it can god can be a concept of desire and connection but what fasting does is it re- when it removes those things that we fill our wants and our really it's just I think it just comes down to comfort like all the things we choose they comfort us in some way they make us feel better right but when you remove some of those things, you start to see the raw reality of your soul and what really satisfies your soul when you can't give it the TV bin show or the the favorite afternoon three o'clock perfect coffee concoction that you make every day that makes you just feel so good. Like we don't even realize even, especially as Americans, how many things we do all day that make us feel good. So fasting, I think strips away some of those, those wants, and it opens up the soul to actually want God. Like it talks about, God being the bread of life. Mm. Well, if he is the bread of life, that means that we have to choose to eat of him, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're filled all the time, if we're like full with like the Thanksgiving dinner, we don't want to go eat another meal an hour later because we're so full. Like we don't Mm. have the desire Mm. because we just ate this huge banquet a few hours ago. It's the same kind of thing with, with fasting. I think when you strip those away, You find yourself hungry and instead of, and that can be physically or that can be in a lot of different ways. And it gives you the opportunity to actually let God fill that in a real way.
0: So I have a theory listening to you say this. Um, It's awakening something in my mind. So yesterday in service, we talked about how there is an, in a human wired into us by our creator, an innate thirst, an innate hunger for God. And... Could it be that we feel this hunger, it expresses itself, or we understand it through the prism of a thousand different appetites that the world conditions us in, and that our flesh genuinely and our soul genuinely experiences the appetite for companionship, the appetite for for food, the appetite for uh, entertainment. And um, so we're, we have this innate spiritual force, this appetite compelling us, but we are constantly filling up on chips, <laughs> Right? I mean, you used to tell the kids, don't fill up on chips at like 4.30. Because I mean, you have a couple, but if you do right. that, then you won't eat your dinner and you have this nutritious, wonderful dinner that you've made that that is going to fulfill you in a more lasting way and it's going to nourish you in a, a more comprehensively. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's that we have this appetite yeah. innately wired, this spiritual force yeah. toward God that yes. we're constantly um, staving off by filling up on chips at 430 right. with all the things of this world. Not intrinsically bad, mm-hmm. but just never allowing the appetite to have its full expression or its full consummation. Jesus said, and you you use the word um, deny ourselves. Jesus said, if anyone would be my disciple, my follower, he or she must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. There is a spiritual truth that to know God, to be Jesus' disciple, requires we deny ourselves in order perhaps, following this theory, to uh, unearth Unbridle, unsatiate in temporary ways, this innate hunger for God and release it to its true and fullest satisfaction in him.
1: Right. Yeah. You talked about it yesterday in your sermon that the reality is a lot of us know, and you can correct the exact quote, but a lot of us know a lot about God, but few of us really know God. And I think that that is, was a very profound idea because there, there is such a tendency if we're not careful to have all the knowledge in the world to know so much about him, but there's the, fasting gives us the physical experience. Not that it, I'm, I'm not saying that God is, should be a feeling. I'm not talking about that physical kind of experience necessarily, but fasting actually, like when we fast, it wakes up like we're, our body is very aware that we are not getting something that we need and that we desire. Right. And so it, it actually forces us to conceptually and physically say, realize that, man, I have a lot of knowledge about God in me, but dang, I can't handle it. Like when I just take away that stupid coffee, like I, what, what's, why can I not live without that? Why, why can't God be enough? Now, I'm not talking about trying to be so spiritual that, oh, God's enough. But to like actually force your flesh to say, man, I am hungry right now. And then what do you do with that time? Like you have this extra time that you didn't have before when you, when you, <clears throat> when you deprive your flesh. It gives you the opportunity when your body says, I'm hungry to then choose to just go be in his presence. I mean, and and that can be done in a million different ways. It can be taking five minutes in that moment to just acknowledge God and say, Lord, I am so hungry right now. My flesh is, like, on fire right now, and it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I find myself laughing at myself when I fast. I'm like, what? Gosh, why is this? Like, this is a lot harder for me than I want to admit. Like, I'm just struggling. Like, sometimes I can feel like a little kid that's, like, having a temper tantrum over something that I don't get that I normally get. And I'm like, at first I'm like, Oh, it's fine. And then I start doing it. I'm like, dang, this is like actually really hard. And then, you know, taking that moment and being able to say, God, you're enough for me. It's just this constant reminder that I actually like, it's telling my soul, telling my flesh, God, you are enough. We don't live in this posture all year long, but we take these moments To like, kind of like take our flesh and be like, flesh, you are not in charge. Mm -hmm. God is in charge. And so then you begin to allow the spirit of God to fill you. You read the scripture and all of a sudden the scripture has more meaning to you when you read about the bread of life or you read about him. um, Why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. God, you are my hope. Like, I feel that right now. I feel that my hope Mm. wants to be in this thing over here or this activity or whatever it is that we're choosing to fast. But, God, I am like, I am choosing as a, it's like a declaration of faith to say, God, it's, this isn't just a concept. This is a physical experience I'm choosing to engage right now. That I want this thing. But yeah, God, you mentioned I'm, I'm in uh,
0: conversation this to, weekend. To say
1: you are Romans eight, and it God says that
0: we that. no longer have an obligation yeah, to the that, uh, sinful nature to, uh, to obey its lusts, passions, and desires. That's one of the glorious uh, truths of the, the gospel, gospel and our inheritance as sons and daughters of God. That the, the tyranny of the old sinful nature—that it was, the, it was in fact the boss of us—it is no longer. But implicit in this no obligation scripture is that we still as yet live in this body of corruption and in this fallen world right we don't transport immediately to um pure spirit into god's presence and all righteousness so while Mm -hmm. we don't have an obligation any longer as sons and daughters of god redeemed by christ we still have an invitation to the flesh. It's still there. It's still putting the bowl of chips on the counter at 4.30 saying, here, just satisfy that appetite. And so I hear you talking about a second sort of related dynamic of fasting as, as pertains to um, yes. personal consecration that I want to want to tease out a little bit here and maybe we'll continue this in a subsequent conversation um, but in addition to sort of unearthing a, our that innate spiritual appetite for God uh, it also is is in a way it's like practice. We're subduing the flesh, right? It's it's like I, it's like where what I as you were describing that what came to my mind is it's like I'm working out the the actuality yes. of Christian righteousness, not do this and don't do that, get a gold star in the Sunday school chart righteousness, but actually living for God and for the best version of myself rather than living for the enemy's plan and my own self destruction, right? And so it, it's working out that war that that struggle right. over a cheeseburger instead of over whether I should cheat on my taxes, cheat on my wife, um, or, mm-hmm. or kill somebody when I'm mad at them, or rob a bank, or whatever it is that we're tempted to do. It's yes. Yes. Right and growing the, the the subsequent fruits of righteousness. Right, it's growing the, the fruit the of self control in that moment. Consecration. So if I, over and if over I again, or whatever. Say, and I'm not saying right. we should do this or that. I have ever done this, but say I make a vow to God that I'm not going to eat uh, today, and then, or I'm not going to eat meat for three weeks, and then I I fall to temptation and have a cheeseburger. I experience all of the same uh, emotions and sober judgment returning and discouragement and then grace from God to get up and start again that I might experience falling into sin, giving into temptation, but the stakes are so much lower. It's like, it's like um, preseason games where the outcome doesn't count. It's practice. Like, in like conquering the the strong will of my physical being and mm-hmm. letting the spirit control my life yeah
1: yeah and this is how it works out for me and i'm not saying that everybody should start at this place god has brought me to this place and so and this again is before i say this fasting cannot be about works if you if you're thinking that you fast so that you can become a better Christian so that you can do the b- better things like that that's not the point. But it is a physical practice that, that 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 again takes your boss your your soul out of that place of boss over your spirit. So for me, I have over time chosen to in the 21 day fast that I do. To quiet noise, like this is this is how it practically what you're talking about, Rob. How it works out for me in in, in yeah. kind of did you say subdue the flesh or what was the phrase you used? The consecration. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the consecration looks like um, not really listening to a t- very um, very much music, except maybe just worship music or even just classical, something like really peaceful, like basically just tuning yeah, out quiets
0: the competition. a lot
1: of noise in a lot of different ways, because so much vies for our soul's attention, yeah, that quiets the it, it quiets the competition. So I, I really try to just listen to worship music during the 21-day fast, so I just don't turn on my radio very much. Um, I, I try not to watch a lot of TV shows, if, if any, and and again, this is sometimes God leads me differently, so I'm not saying that you should just go and do this exact practice, but Um, basically quieting the noise from what I watch, what I listen to, and then what I eat, um, to, to create a sense of space and quiet. And what happens when I do that, like in the time, I'm just going to say, it is like a battle. It's not easy. I have to fight against it. I pray. I, I do all those things, but it's, it's, it is a wrestle. A lot of the time, some of the times I experience his presence and it's really sweet. A lot of times it's, it's kind of a, a little bit of a battle. It's not like an easy thing, but what I find is that after I have done that consecration and the 21 day ends, I turn on the TV or I turn on whatever that I used to watch or I used to listen to. And all of a sudden my spirit is at a clearer sense of discernment because I've only been giving That appetite to God, like not only only, but more than normal, right? Like I'm eating more of Him and truly like reading more of His Word, being in His presence, and not doing all those other things that used to fill that appetite. And so when I do, sometimes I come out of that place of fasting, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh. Like some things that I used to watch before that I used to listen to or whatever, it hits my spirit. And it's like the spirit of God is more alive in me that maybe I I live a little bit differently afterwards. It just it like cleans out the clutter and it gives me a clear sense of of Mm. God. Yeah, no um, doubt. To, uh, like his will in my the, the life, the truth is, his, it, it, it does is, purify. It's clear
0: in Scripture. Jesus to didn't be more discerning to him. Fast it do afterward it this way, but the, the truth is uh, all the more in the fruit, and, and you'll experience it on the other side, whether you experience it at, at all or in full during the process. Here, here's something though uh, worthy of note. As I listen, you say that, uh, and, and I agree. I mean, if there's if there's anyone for whom fasting is difficult, uh, it is more. More so for me. I mean, I'm the guy with the high metabolism. I'm, in case you haven't noticed, very skinny. And when I go without food, I'm convinced that my body starts to consume itself, like my inner organs. <laughs> um, and, and so it's hard. It works. I mean, it very much does its job. But and, and so I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm agreeing with that. But have you found that... Part of the value of an extended time of fasting, you know, one day versus 21 days is that you get over a hump and it's, I'm not going to say you, you don't, you stop getting hungry or you stop missing the thing that you, you, you took out of your diet, whether it's caffeine or sugar Mm -hmm. or, or what meat or carbs or whatever, um, that that you found comfort and and normalcy in. Um, but your body kind of adjusts and accepts it a little bit. And it gets less hard. I think the hardest fast in the world is a one-day fast. Because it, 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 the whole day, your body's just like protesting. No, 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 right. no, no. But after a certain amount of time, there is... there. I have at least experienced some achievement in the subduing of my flesh. I don't know that it's ever going to be fully subdued, this side of heaven. Um, but that's why I think we we do it for twenty one days. It's not like you're more holy than if than those that do it for fourteen or seven days. It's that it takes a little time to reprogram
1: mm-hmm. It does for sure. it is a it, it's like um a long obedience in the in the right direction that um, that changes changes the way you see God. you know because I think I was talking a minute ago about purification and how in the long haul. After you have deprived yourself of a lot of things and you're spending more time with God, it does increase your discernment to what you're filling your life with. That's probably a better way to say it. Like where you see things and have a, a, maybe are convicted by things you weren't convicted by before. But the but but again, it doesn't just stop there. It's not just about the the way that we live. It, although God may refine and, and tune us toward more righteousness or things that are cleaning our hearts out of things that need to be, things that weigh us down, things that, 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 that lead us in the wrong direction from what we look at or what we listen to or what we do with our time. But ultimately, it helps us truly discern. It, it just, when you're quiet, you hear the birds, right? When, you're, when you sit out in nature for long enough and you don't talk, you start to hear things you never heard before. You start to hear the brook. You start to hear th- conversations for wherever you are. You just—it's like you begin to fine-tune your sense. Your senses become alive in ways that they weren't before, and that's what I find afterward. Is that I don't necessarily feel it during the fast, but after the fast, it's like I, it really, truly—like I start to have more clarity in that that desire that I have to actually know God. After the fast, I begin to experience little like a little more depth in that, a little more clarity, a little more like he can get my attention faster. I can follow his will a little bit easier because my will has gotten mm. used to saying mm. yes, mm. yes, okay, okay, a hundred million times. Yeah. Not that we do it perfectly, of course. That's good. but but it, you know what I mean? It's like you you tell your your flesh, you are not mm-hmm. the boss of me so that the spirit of God who is already alive in you basically has more preeminence mm-hmm. because our souls just get weighed down in this world. They get weighed down with so many distractions and things. And we have to have we have to fasting allows God to have preeminence mm-hmm. over those things so that we can hear him and we can know him and we can experience him because left to ourselves we're we fail. We just, we don't do it very well.
0: What you're um, identifying that stands out to me is that fasting is a means to an end. It's not, it's not a goal unto itself. It doesn't make you intrinsically more satisfying to God. I love that you pointed out in the piece that you wrote, Isaiah 58, the true fast God desires is a transformed heart, a heart that's aligned with his. Fasting is a means to an end. You're not going to impress him by um, how much you deprive yourself right but the the end is knowing god as you were saying coming out on the other side having an actualized hunger for god what it does i i think is it takes this notion of wanting to know god from something ethereal and ideal idealistic like you know i wish upon a star like an inspo quote that i put up on my instagram to an actionable practical reality that drives my life i want to know god it's not Mm -hmm. like oh i wish i could know god more like Mm -hmm. i wish i could meet a celebrity Mm -hmm. but it's, I have chosen Chosen, to demonstrate before God and make practical in my daily life that I want to know him. Fasting helps us do that. Time for us to wrap. We'll continue this conversation. Great stuff. Thank you so much, uh, Mari, for pastoring us. Would you pray over our congregation, over our church family as they're finishing up their walk around the park with their dog? Can you just say a prayer of blessing over all of us as we undertake this 21-day journey of prayer Mm -hmm. Fasting and consecration.
1: Sure. God thank you for everyone um, in our church who is is coming together in this time, Lord, to fast. and Lord, that is our heart with this. God that we would not approach fasting like some um, some kind of work or some kind of uh, uh, a discipline that tries to make us a better person. God, our goal with this is to know you. God, to have a transformed heart that looks like you, and then, Lord, to to maybe cut something off in our lives that is a struggle, and every one of us have that thing, and so, God, I pray that right now, as every person is listening, God, that you would identify that in their hearts, just that uh, two goals, Lord, to one, make room for you to actually know you more in this time through this fast. And then number two, would you identify one area, God that you really want to help them break free because isaiah fifty eight promises that that it that it will loose the chains of injustice that will break the yoke God, the things that weigh us down and every one of us have that that thing right now that we just it weighs us down and we 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 struggle with and it hurts our relationships or it it limits us and so God would you give us the grace to, um, in faith, trust you in the fast to one, know you more and let our hearts be transformed in that knowing. And then two, to be, to cut off something Lord through this practice and, um, uh, a fasting God, the faith that it takes to trust you in it. We trust you for breakthrough, God, for every person listening today, for, for something in their lives, God, that you would, would break and loosen the yoke off their lives, God, as they trust you in the fast. And God, I pray for perseverance, um, encouragement. Um, I pray against shame and, and um, just the areas where the enemy would try to come in and try to defeat us or make us feel like a failure or like we're not enough. God, help us just to walk with you in it as, as clunky and hard as it is, Lord, to just have grace for ourselves and to trust you that you're going to walk with us in this journey, God. And um, we just give it to you. Just bless my friends today. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. All right, let's do it, everybody. Let's start the year seeking God. Let's go after him, because he's promised in his word you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. We love you all, and we'll talk to you again soon.